0: Well...
1: Okay, good evening, everybody out there in radio land. Um, we're going to go ahead and get started here. It's uh, My clock is saying it's 7 p.m. Uh, I'm Brother Sean Holt, and I will be um, leading us in Bible study this evening. Uh, let's start off uh, with a quick word of prayer. Uh, let us pray. All wise... All knowing and all powerful God, it is once more and again that your baptized body of believers benevolently bows before your throne of grace. Thanking you for this day, thank you for this hour of study, uh, thanking you for the protections that you afford us during this, during these crazy and troubling times. Lord, we thank you for this medium that allows us to still assemble together to study another portion of thine word. We ask that you please bless each and every one of us individually and collectively with open minds and open hearts to learn the things that you would have each and every one of us glean out of tonight's study. We ask that you forgive us of our sins and bless this study as we move forward. In the mighty name of your son, Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, we pray, amen. Okay. Um, Before I get started, as I understand, there's a tad bit of housekeeping to do. Um, I think we should offer congratulations to Zane Huckabee and Stephanie Huckabee now, as they were married upon yesterday. I believe the information uh, that was passed along to me, they tied the knot officially, and everybody should send them a congratulations, a text, a call, uh, or Whatever the appropriate celebratory, uh, the appropriate celebratory move would be. Um, now, having said that, I'm going to get into the lesson this evening. Uh, I'm going to attempt to uh, using an analogy that Ricky used last week, uh, passing the baton on. I'm going to do my best not to drop it or lose too much ground. Um, I'd like to also say quickly thank you to the elders um, for this opportunity. Uh, I do not take this lightly. Um, Thank you also to our great evangelists that we have here at Laurel. We're very blessed to have three great ministers, Brother Bryn White, Brother Manuel Martinez, and Brother Cook. Um, Brings back something that Ricky said in an earlier class uh, during this series about being on the beach with socks on your feet And that kind of reminded me of uh, Romans 10, 15, when I was coming across it, thinking about our ministers, and it says, how shall they preach except they be sent? And it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings and good things. Um, Now, I'm not sure about the mystery of how all their feet may look, but evangelists do, uh, they really do preach The gospel of peace and bring good tidings and good things and for that we are truly blessed. Um, The lesson uh, structure would be composed of moving over the course of the next five weeks because July actually has five Wednesdays in it um, will be um, defining of the concept, go through synonyms of the concept. I used real world examples of the concepts And the real world examples are not here to debate politics or their rightness or their wrongness. It's just a pure conceptual example of the things that we'll be discussing. Um, And then um, personal real world examples and this is never to minimize scripture, just an attempt to maximize application of scripture. Um, The Barnabas factor, the mind of an encourager, What does that mean to you? What does that mean to me? This was one of the questions that I had when uh, first talking to Ricky about stepping into the gap to teach a portion of the lessons that he set out over the summer. Um, These lessons may include some football analogies and I do apologize for that ahead of time. Please indulge me. Uh, I miss football this year as we may not have it unfortunately um but i saw some correlations and microcosms of my experiences playing football in high school and blessed to play in college also that were really applicable as i started examining the (laughs) thank you brother (laughs) brother joe um started examining the different concepts of the mind of an encourager um to this I came up with, when thinking about encouragement, um, I came up with four distinct categories of types of encouragement. Is studying studying that, that's kind of where my mind went. Um, and speaking of football analogies, um, team captains. Team captains are normally not the biggest or the strongest or the fastest. They are normally, the best studiers and encouragers, believe it or not, and that's coming from my experiences inside a locker room. Um, they're, they're known for giving nicknames, they are trusted by their coaches, they're trusted by their teammates, and their value may not truly be expressed from the outside looking in. A lot of times their value is well known among the team and the team's fans. Um, An example of that, as I'm thinking about it, was this year's uh, LSU was the national champions of the last college football season we'll get for a while. And they have four players on that defense who all carried first round grades. That's a big thing uh, in the realm of football. But those, and of course, from the outside looking in, assigning a team captain would be, would naturally be one of these four players. But of the 11 people on the defense, including those four players, they actually voted another person to be team captain, who was, a very was, is, they're usually considered very unsung heroes. Um, that is something that just kind of a correlation that just popped in my head um, when I was studying these different parts. Um, the four different parts, and we'll cover one prayerfully each week, the four parts of, or four types, of encouragement that I came up with is consolation, inspiration, objurgation, and edification. These are four, I would say classes of or aspects of encouragement, each one being a different type of encouragement. Um, Dealing with these Dealing with these four issues, or should I say these four classifications of of encouragement is what we're going to do laid out over the next four weeks prayerfully. Um, when I look at the four different aspects of it, consolation is to deal with, it helps people dealing with issues, comfort after loss or disappointment. We'll come back to that. That's what we're... I plan to discuss this week. Inspiration is the process of being mentally stimulated. And my own kind of amalgamation of, of definitions as I was studying them is, it makes other people want to do or achieve something, getting a group of people on the same sheet of music, so to speak. Um, objurgation is very simple and to the point. It is to rebuke, reprove or admonish the, the actual, dictionary definitions came out almost like a biblical definition. I copied that straight away. And edification is one of the things that keeps the ball rolling. The instruction or improvement of a person morally or intellectually. Um, When I boil all those things down, what encouragement or the mind of an encourager means to me, all boils down to investing in someone else. Um, one's ability to comfort or get people to to play to the best of their abilities. Like I say, please indulge the football analogies. Uh, Joe has already told me not to apologize because he says that I am not truly sorry for that. (laughs) Okay. I'm a little bit nervous with this. I'm, I'm used to more so interaction and prayerfully. We'll be able to get back together sooner than later, but we're going to soldier on through this and see what we can do with it. All right, let me make sure that I have control of the... Okay. There we go. Oh, too much. There we go. Okay. The first thing I wanted to do, though, with talking about Barnabas or the Barnabas factor is let's take a look at who Barnabas actually was. Um, these are just a couple of fun facts about uh Barnabas who has a is is interesting that he has a as you study him, he has a pretty large impact in situations in the New Testament, but there's not a lot written about him um, almost like in a movie when there's a certain character in there who maybe is only in there three or four scenes, but he basically makes the movie when you find yourself re-watching him, in the evenings, you know, with nothing else on, after you've gotten all your study out the way prayerfully, um, you'll just fast forward to those parts of the movie that this favorite character was in. Um, That is kind of what reminds me of Barnabas. His birth name was Joseph. Um, He was a Levite of Jewish descent, one of the 12 tribes that was designated to be priests. He was from Cyprus. Um, and he, and Barnabas is actually a nickname, and it means son of encouragement or consolation, depending on what translation of the Bible you're reading, and he was all in from the moment he showed up. Um, we find an example of this in Acts 4, 36 through 37. That just focuses on Barnabas. If you go up a little bit further in your scripture, um, starting, I believe it is around verse 32, it's the situation where it was all things having all things in common when uh, the believers there sold all their goods and laid it at the feet of the apostles to make sure everybody had whatever they needed. Um, reading that just right quick, and Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite from the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and bought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. That's one of the things that when I first read the scripture, it was kind of interesting because just two or three verses up, if you're reading, it states that a bunch of people did that. But then again, it comes back and reestablishes that specifically to Barnabas in the last two verses of that chapter. That already, to me, begins to establish that there is something different about him. He does stand out for a reason, or why would it be important to mention that he did it as everyone, as other people have already done it. Um, that's a little deeper discussion for another time, but moving right along. He was cousin to John Mark who wrote the second gospel of the new Testament. We can find an example of that in Colossians four verse 10 and, and brother cook work with me on this and Lord have mercy. I hope I get it right. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner greets you with Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, about whom you received instructions, if he comes to you, welcome him. Um, That was just something that I learned that was kind of interesting to me. I did not know that he was actually cousins to uh, John Mark. Um, He was the first person to vouch for Paul after his conversion. This is when Paul was still, they hadn't changed his name to Paul yet. He was still known as Saul. And he smooths things over with the disciples when Saul goes to Jerusalem fresh off his conversion. Um, We find the biblical text of that in Acts 9, 26 through 27. And that reads, and when Saul had come to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were afraid of him and did not believe that he was a disciple. But Barnabas Took him and brought him to the apostles, and he declared to them how he had seen the Lord on the road, and that he had spoken to him, and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. Now, at this point in time, he was still known as Saul, and in first century Christians, we all know that they didn't have the internet, and they didn't have um, cell phones, they didn't have text messaging, so. Words moved around, word moved around a little slowly, um, not as quick as it does today. And the last thing they had heard about Saul is Saul had killed more Christians than cancer at the time and was actively pursuing and persecuting the church. Now, if this guy shows up in the town and all of a sudden he is trying to get with the disciples, I'm sure that the, and this is completely my own conjecture here, is that. That would have made, as a disciple, that would have made me a little bit nervous. As I know this guy as a killer, as a persecutor of the church, um, was even there, held a coat for when Stephen was stoned, I would also be a little bit wary of this individual. But when Barnabas took him to them, you can see that he he was accepted into the If you read further down, it says how he preached with them and went in and went out with them daily. So son of consolation, son of encouragement, you can see it starting to kind of take shape here Um, because it has to be someone that is not only trusted from word and deed, but somebody that is well respected across all the disciples for him to be able to come in and say, hey, I know what we I know what we know about him but things that different, he's good, to be, he's with me. And all of a sudden he's accepted. These are things that started kind of painting a picture for me of who Barnabas is and his ability to encourage. Um, uh, sometimes we, people that are known as encouragers um, are encouraged to the point of, you know, always encouraging, go along to get along. Um, but we see he has a falling out with Paul um, and, Paul and Barnabas, the only other person I I saw that that rolled with Paul as much as Barnabas did was Silas and then kind of Luke at the end of his life, but Barnabas always seemed to be there back and forth, popping in and out, um, a lot of stuff dealing with Paul. Um, We find an example of that, um, oh, getting a little ahead of myself, but even when they did have a falling out, the work of the church still continued. But by having this falling out, to me, Barnabas showed that he had the capacity to do the unpleasant parts of encouragement. That would be objurgation. That'll be down the road a little bit. We'll get to that uh, at the appropriate time. We find an example of this in Acts 15, 37 through 40. Then after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us now go back and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Now, Barnabas was determined to take with them John Mark. He was going to get his cousin. But Paul insisted that they should not take with them the one who had departed, departed them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. Then the contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. He went home. But Paul chose Silas and departed being commended by the brethren to the grace of God, and they went through Syria and Cilia and Cil, sil, apologies, Cilicia, strengthened strengthening the churches. Um, that shows that even when objurgation has to take place for whatever reason, still being able to take those emotions because it's not pleasant, but still continue on with the things that you need to do. That shows a maturity, that shows a stick I'm not sure if that's a word, I know Alice Holt likes to use it, and it shows commitment. Um, a good overall description of Barnabas, um, and also shows, confirmed to me, how much he was actually trusted in the early church, is if we go to Acts uh, 11, 22 through 30. And the news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. When he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all that with purpose of heart, they should continue with the Lord. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a great many people were added to the Lord. Then Barnabas departed for Tarsus to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was, it was that for a whole year that they assembled with the church and taught a great many people and the disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. Now, once again, that's completely conjecture on my part, but when Barnabas showed up there with Saul, all of a sudden the disciples got their first moniker as Christians. Um, As I was saying earlier, the, the, Team captain often assigns nicknames to people. Uh, And if we read a little bit further down in there, uh, and in these days, prophets came from Jerusalem to Antioch. Then one of them named Agabus stood up and showed by the spirit that that there was going to be a great famine throughout all the world, throughout all the world, Um, which also happened to be in the days of Claudius Caesar. Then the disciples, each according to his ability, determined to send relief to the brethren dwelling in Judea. This they also did and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. Okay, during a famine, something so extreme, especially in those days, based off of agricultural society, with them putting together resources to help prop up the brothers in Judea at the time, he was trusted enough that they sent the resources by the hands of Barnabas. Now that made me ask the question, especially since Paul is still known as Saul at this time. It seems to me that if it was just Barnabas, the elder, they would have still sent the money to the elders by his hand, but would they have let Saul go by himself? He hadn't even become Paul yet. So that showed me that you, you have to trust somebody very very a group of people has to trust somebody very very uh much to let them carry the money that shows that he's trustworthy he's mature he's committed um these were just some of the interesting things that i found out um studying about barnabas now as we get into the first um classification or the first part of encouragement um, I wanted to deal with consolation. Um, and of these four parts, before I get into that, of these four parts, it's interesting to me that I, and I, you, everyone has heard me talk about Alice Hope. She's one of my favorite people. Um, mothers are great encouragers because of those four different aspects of encouragement, a mother seems to always know if you grew up in a proper house like I did, A mother always seems to know which kid or which child needs which type or husband needs which type of encouragement appropriate to whatever that situation is. My mother is one of the first people that would pat me on the back or pat me on the head when I needed it, or she would apply pressure via her foot to a much lower area of my body sometimes um, if you broke curfew or did not take the trash out on Thursday night and she doesn't wanna to have to repeat herself. Um, I'm glad that they invented uh, reoccurring things on one's calendar, kids of day's now got it easy. Um, consolation, the first aspect, comfort received or conveyed from one, from one person to another, Ooh, I had a typo there, from one person to another after a tremendous loss or large disappointment The synonyms for comfort, I mean, for the synonyms for consolation, it's comfort, solace, moral support, soothing, reassurance, fortification, which was an interesting one, and assuagement. All of those synonyms fit perfectly to the way I begin to think of consolation. Consolation, helping someone through a tough time is what it boils down to, which always goes back to the, what does it mean to me? Is investing in someone else, your time, your energy, your sympathy, your empathy. Um, The real world example I wanted to use, I have two real world examples here of two, um, as the world would deem them, famous men who were known as great consolers. Um, Winston Churchill uh, is considered uh, by many, especially in his the opinion of him is a lot higher in Britain than it is around everywhere else, even though he's respected around the world. In England and Britain, they consider him one of the greatest Brits of all time. He helped save the country um, during World War II. Um, it is said about him that he was known for turning failure into opportunity and famous for his ability to keep going and inspiring people even when things were going bad or in a negative way. Um, A couple of his quotes that, well, I've read 131 of his quotes. They are out there, trust me, if you go look for them. And I grabbed a couple that seemed to kind of sum up the mindset of this man, of of his ability to deliver consolation to people in a couple of his quotes success consists of going from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm. Another one of his quotes was courage is what it takes to stand up and speak. Courage is also what it takes to sit down and listen. This began to that kind of tied into the different aspects of, of encouragement, dealing with consolation, inspiration, objurgation and edification. Um, Things are all are not always right because they are hard, but if they are right, one must not be afraid if they are also hard. Now, while he's still considered one of the greatest Brits and one of the greatest in- consolers of all time, he did this, especially embracing that first, um, that first quote of his, because two of the most successful movies that have been out there, and this might blow past some of our. Our younger members that are on here, but as my mom used to say, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go ask somebody older than me. Um, (laughs) Two of his life's most epic failures militarily was Gallipoli and Dunkirk, and some people have seen the movie Dunkirk and consider it about, you know, how the troops were, this is not turning into a history lesson, how the troops were evacuated in the the civilian population, fishing vessels, and all this stuff. At the same time, if we examine that whole situation, that army did not get surrounded and outnumbered with no way to escape. That's not where the movie started. There was a there was a cavalcade of failures that all occurred to get them to that point. And also one of the major aftermaths of that. Was the British left? I believe it was five, I believe I read it was 500 million tons of vehicles, munitions, guns, bullets, all the stuff basically resupplying the German, the aggressive German forces. Um, Moving along to the second uh, real world example that I had was uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., um, whose entire platform was based on nonviolence interesting in fact he was jailed 29 times during his lifetime and worked with the civil and work with the civil rights movements um, he also convinced people that were with him in the movement to continue on that nonviolent way of doing things on on killing them with kindness even though they faced a ton of violence a ton of wrongful jailings just a ton of bad situations now M.L.K. had more quotes than Winston Churchill out there. They're out there. Just Google it. Trust me, you'll get more than you can read in a night. But here are some of the ones that kind of tied into the concept of the Barna- dealing with the Barnabas factor and dealing with consolation. Um, the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moment of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. That is applicable to the today more than ever. Um, The next one that I had from him is, whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. I can never be what I ought to be until you are what you ought to be. This is the interrelated structure of reality. I would also um, argue that this is a good principle that can be applied to a biblical principle of the Christian life as we're supposed to look out for one another. Um, another quote from him is, I believe that unarmed truth and unconditional love will have the final word in reality. That is why right temporarily defeated is stronger than evil triumphant. That was, he's had. he had some deep sayings that really kind of inspired me as I was moving on through dealing with the concept of consolation. Um, and the last one that I, I uh, quoted from him is, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. And we all know that he was basically doing like my dad used to do a lot, paraphrasing a biblical principle or scripture to make it applicable to the current situation, and set of circumstances. Um, an example that I had of, of, of Dr. King Um, is during the March on Selma, when he sues things over the same way that Barnabas did for Paul, or conceptually similar, I would say, not identical, um, between two groups, the Boots on the Ground, which was SNCC, the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, and the group that he was with, the SCLC, the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. And this was over the fundamental way voter registration was being done, as well as a few other fundamental things. Um, The SCLC was completely nonviolent and SNCC and some of the other groups that was out there had a little more eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth feel to them. Um, Like I said, I don't wanna turn this into a history lesson staying focused on our biblical concepts. Um, Point one that I also had um, dealing with consolation. um, Point one is we are to comfort because God comforts us. You have in your Bibles, um, it's also on the slides. uh, Second Corinthians one, verses three through seven. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulations, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as the sufferings of Christ abounding us, so our consolation also abounds through Christ. Now, if we are afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effective for enduring the same sufferings which we also suffer. Or if we are comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation, and our hope for you is steadfast because we know that as you are partakers of the suffering, so also you will partake of the consolation. Now that has become one of my favorite verses when I first came across it in my Thompson's Chain reference. If you don't have one, everyone should get a Thompson's Chain reference. It's, it's a great Bible. Um, but this reminded me of a real world story and dealing with um, consolation Sometimes things are grandiose, as they would say, and sometimes things will be considered minor or something small. but either way, you never know how that consolation is going to impact that person um over the course of time um a A story that I thought about that was a personal um a personal uh situation of my own is when my father died and I, Lord knows if y'all think I talk about my mother a lot, you should definitely hear about my dad. I wish y'all could have met him. He was he was quite an interesting character. Um, but when he passed in 2010, at that point in time, I was attending um, over at Beltway. Um, Dale Meadows was over there too. He was a deacon over there. But Brother Webb, the minister over there, who I was very close to and who mentored me for a while, um, Elder Ted Jordan, and Brother Florinor, who was also an elder, they had to do shepherding, and they had to, Webb had to preach on Sunday and everything, but that Saturday, they drove from Maryland to South Carolina to attend my father's funeral, and didn't even come by the house. They showed up at the church. Webb spoke at my dad's funeral, Um, or was one of the people that spoke there, and then they grabbed the obligatory plate of chicken or spaghetti in the the white to-go boxes that every fifth Sunday fellowship has had since the beginning of time and drove back to Maryland that afternoon and Webb preached that Sunday. Now that is something that I consider in my personal life was huge to me. That, that was so big that it impacts me. And I'm talking about this happened in 2010 and I'm still talking about it in 2020. So, um, That was a big example of sometimes when you go out of your way to help console others, they will never forget you for that. They will never, anytime you call on them, if they can be there for you, they will be there for you, at least in my mindset. I don't want to put my mindset on everyone else. Um, If we uh, go to point two, and y'all please forgive my slides, I'm getting, I need to get good with PowerPoint. I can install it and troubleshoot it, but maybe not manipulate it. I was trying to make my uh, slides a little more beautiful and and active like I see other brothers doing the slides, but I had to get get the information on here first, and then we can put a paint job on it later after we get the engine and transmission going. Uh, But point two, those who are strong should bear the infirmities of the weak. That is a direct command. And not to get scientifical, but that's hermeneutics. and studying the Bible. The way we interpret is by expressed example, um, necessary inference, or by direct command. And we can look at Romans 15, verses 1 through 6, and uh, and to back up this, or should I say to reinforce this concept. Um, When them that are strong, uh, excuse me, let me start at... Okay, we, we then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good edification. That'll play in later. For even Christ pleased not himself, but as it was written, the reproach of them that reproached thee fell on me. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope now the god of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one towards another according to Christ Jesus that that <clears throat> excuse me that ye may with one mind and one mouth glorify god even the even the father of our lord jesus christ um my 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 father used to always say that to me and i, I it's a lot of things that i thought my father was was clever with saying, and as I study more and more about the Bible, um, it wasn't his clever sayings. He was really just quoting scriptures or paraphrasing one to fit the situation at the time. Um, point two made me think about another situation that happened over when I was at uh, Beltway, uh, a much smaller one. Now we all have had those downtrodden times in our life when we feel like we are completely by ourselves in the situation. Nobody has our back and nobody wants the job. Now I was going through a period in time with a whole bunch of stuff going on. And one of the deacons over there, Brother Larry Mack, who's in Huntsville now, I believe. um, Brother Larry Mack and his wife, Tamara, great couple, great Christian couple, great example of how a marriage and a partnership should work, in my opinion. They sent me a card during that week and brother Mac called me to check on me. Now that's something that is, would be considered small shooting a little text, making a little call. But if a man has been in the desert and he's on the verge of starvation, the first person to give him a cool drink of water he will never forget that person as long as he lives. And to me, I'm trying not to get choked up right now that was so impactful on me something so small at the right time though never missing an opportunity um, which one of the concepts that Ricky has been um, bringing through um, in his bible studies never missing the opportunity something that tiny still has me talking about it and that was probably four to five years before my father passed away so now you're talking about 15 years ago that that still made a strong enough impact on me where I'm still talking about it. July 1st, um, 2020, um, going over to our last concept. Um, it is the mindset of Christ, um, consolation, um, expressed example, um, We can find an an example of this in Philippians 2, uh, 1 through 5. Philippians 2, 1 through 5, if you have your Bibles, and it reads, If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels of mercy, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look, Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. That is one of those verses that reads to me, reads so plainly, it doesn't need interpretation. It doesn't need a, a concordance entrance. It doesn't need a commentary or a study guide on It is pretty much straightforward. It talks about or sums up what I would think would be Barnabas's nickname, the mind of an encourager. Having the proper, going to people with the proper spirit, where it says there, um, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, um, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Keeping a proper mindset is one of the key uh, principles of consolation maximizing opportunities when they present themselves. Um, This is something that was the mindset of Christ. And we all are striving in the Christian race to become more Christ-like, to become, to have more of a mindset of Christ. Um, And when talking about the impact that different things can happen, it reminds me of a story. Um, I was just home and, I see that we're getting close to the time here. So I'm gonna uh, finish up with this story and then turn it back over to the hands of the brothers. Joe hasn't started to send me anything privately yet. So he hasn't threatened me with a picture of a stun gun. Um, Joe, please don't go look up a picture of a stun gun and send it to me. Um, (laughs) But I just came back from South Carolina about two weeks ago. I went and got tested for COVID-19 made sure I didn't have it, then I quarantined myself for 10 days, then I went to visit Alice Hope. Um, and she was outside, and, well, we were, <laughs> she will not be outside working in the yard. We will be outside working in the yard um, whenever she feels like we need to be out there. you know, This is proper house stuff. And we were, I was in the back uh, cutting some grass and getting ready to take the bag across the street to, to dump the clippings, and she was in the front doing something with some planting some plants or whatever the case may be. And there was a gentleman that came walking down the street. Now, I do not know this gentleman's name to this day, but I have known him at least 30 something years and we call him Peter Rabbit. Um, I don't know how he got that nickname. It was there when I showed up and I just kept going with it. But this is a gentleman who may not have gone on the right path. We played little league baseball together and some other things. He may have not have gone on, the most judicious path to be successful, but he was he was one of those guys in the old neighborhood he's older now, well, we're older now um, that you knew kind of you didn't mess with him and his folks you you know just kind of you didn't mess with him, and as hardcore as this man might be, I mean he from speculation has two three bodies to his credit um. He was walking down the street, and he was passing by the house, and he stopped out there and said, hey, Mrs. Holt, and she turned around and looked kind of funny. She may not have known who it was, but I did, and he actually stopped, and he came up to the fence and started talking to him. The first thing Mama did, of course, was invite him to church, Um, but one of the things he said impacted me that let me know not only my father not only had an impact on me, but had an impact on other people. And he was he she he was talking about you know he was giving his pleasantries and treason, kind of bringing up the speed on what had been going on in his life, and he made a comment that resonated with me and stuck with me. Um, it really you know almost gets me choked up thinking about it. He says, you know I sure miss Coach Hope. My father coached little league and a bunch of other things, and so. And men know that have played sports. There are certain men that have coached you that you can't call him by his first name. You can't call him Mr. Oliver or whatever. You will always call him Coach. Um, he said, I show Miss Coach Holt. And his statement was, if I had a father like Coach Holt, I really feel like my life would have turned out completely different. Um, and that was just something that just. I, I'm looking at it right now, the hairs on my arm stood up on that one. It was just something that really impacted me, showing that how consolation and incur, well encouragement total, but consolation being one of the um, subsets of that can really impact people over the course of their entire life, even have them contemplating how their life could have been different. Um, it is 745 on the dot. Uh, No stun gun from Joe. Uh, That is my time. And prayerfully next week, we will be covering the second point, um, which is inspiration. This week we dealt with consolation. Next week we'll deal with inspiration. And I will now turn it over to the hands of the brothers.
0: Our uh, song will be 684, This World Is Not My Home. We will be singing the first and the last verse. This world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, then, Lord, what will I do? The angels in me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Just up in glory land we'll live eternally. The saints on every hand are shouting victory The song of the song of sweetest praise drift back from heaven so sure. and I can't feel at home in this world anymore Oh Lord you know I have no friend like you If heaven's not my home then Lord what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Good evening.
2: I want to thank Sean for the um, class, the good job that he did. In fact, I'm going to start with a quote that he um, shared with us from Martin Luther King. Um the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in a moment of comfort, but where he stands in a moment of challenge and controversy. If you want to turn to um, First Thessalonians, the fifth chapter, there's a few verses that seem to have come up quite a few times uh, this last week. And so I figured I'll just bring them up one more time. If you had, if you got the, a bulletin on Sunday, if you printed that off, uh, Brand had a uh, thing there on the front page coming from First Thessalonians 5. Let me just start by reading that. Uh, I'll just start with 12. Uh, we ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and who are over you in the Lord and admonish you to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. We urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that no one repays evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecy, but test everything, hold fast to what is good, abstain from every form of evil. There's a saying, probably everybody's heard it, when life throws you lemons, make lemonade. Um, I don't think the year 2020 has turned out like anybody expected. Um, And now here we are, July 1st, six months are gone, we got six months to go. Um, in summertime, uh, my wife used to, whenever one of the kids would complain about the weather, she would just sing that little ditty, uh, weather, 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 whether you like it or not. Um, it's just weather. Um, and being stuck at home uh, for the last, for quite a while, uh, we've played a lot of cards And um, it's easy to enjoy the game if you're getting dealt well, getting good cards. Um, And anybody can be good if you're getting great cards. Uh, But the uh, challenge is to make poor hands work for you and enjoy the game anyway. Um, And that's the same thing with life. I mean, life is going to deal you things that you enjoy and things that you don't enjoy. But whatever it is, you make the best of it. Of it, and you uh, rejoice always and pray without ceasing. So here in 2020, if life has dealt you a hand that you were not expecting or that you uh, don't exactly enjoy, you wouldn't have chosen, uh, you can still rejoice in the Lord, um, make the best of it, and know that God is in control. Um And back to to something Sean said, uh, even in his message there, the quote that I started with, um, you know, it's not who you are when everything is good. I mean, it's easy to enjoy cards when you're getting great cards. It's easy to enjoy life when everything's going your way, when you're being blessed. Um, But there's going to come the year 2020 when everything falls through and everything doesn't go the way you want it to, and still we rejoice Still, we lean on the Lord. We know he's in control and we um, do good to right there. Those few verses, um, we do good to all of those around us, Uh, even in the family. You know, I mean, uh, there are those who don't treat us the way we want to be treated. Our spouse isn't the same spouse we married 40 years ago. Uh, People change and they don't always do exactly what we want them to but we love them. It's easy to love people who are um, nice to you and kind to you and do everything you want them to do. Um, but God has called us to love people for who they are. Um, and if you're loving for people for who they are, that means they're not always gonna do life exactly like you want them to. Life is not always gonna be what you want it to, but we know who's in control We can rejoice because of what he has done uh, for us and for those around us. We can share that. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God, will of God in Christ for you. This is God's will for us. Uh, Hopefully, um, that's somewhat encouraging this Wednesday uh, as we go into the month of July, as we um, uh, go through the rest of our week. Uh, If there's anything that anyone needs, make sure that you either call or email the elders and um, they are more than willing to pray with you, pray for you. Uh, In fact, even the website has a way that uh, people can pray for you. Uh, If there's anything that you need, make sure you contact the elders uh, one way or another, because they do love you. They're responsible for this body and they will do whatever they can um, for you at this time. Thank you.
0: Some glad morning when this life is all fly away. To a home on God's celestial shores, I'll fly away, I'll fly away, O glory, i fly away in the morning when I die, hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away just a few more weary days, and then I'll fly away to a land where joy shall never end. I'll fly away, I'll fly away, oh glory, I'll fly away. I die, hallelujah, and I fly away.
3: Let us pray. Our most heavenly and gracious Father, hallowed be thy holy and divine name. We come to you at this hour, Lord, giving you thanks for our lives our minds, our health, dear Father, and most of all, our ability to serve you each and every day. Thank you, Lord, for your manservant, Brother Sean, for introducing his upcoming lessons on encouragement. May we continue to listen attentively and encourage him, Lord, uh, for stepping outside of his comfort zone to share the word with all of us. Lord, we ask that you continue to be with all of us as we uh, continue to live through these unprecedented times. Help us to not only focus on what we can't access at this time, Lord, but rather the many blessings that you continue to give us each and every day. Lord, we ask that you be with our sick and shut in, uh, specifically Sister Wilson's uh, friend's fiance, um, Lorenzo Dell, who is currently on life support. Lord, we just ask that your will be done. And if it's your will to grant him, grant him back to or restore him back to his most wanted and needed health, Lord, we ask that you be with those that have returned back to work at this time, Lord. We ask that you keep them safe, as well as those that might be traveling at this time, Lord, specifically my family. We just ask that you be with Zaid and my kids as they travel to Indiana on tomorrow. Please, Lord, just allow them to make it there safely. Without any hurt, harm, or danger. Father, we also ask, or we're also excited as a church family, Lord, over the recent engagement of our brother Jeremiah and, and Kayla, as well as the re- recent nuptials of uh, Zane and Sister Stephanie. Lord, we just ask that you bless their unions and continue to work through them to be a vessel to a dying world. And lastly, Lord, we ask that you continue to bless all of us. I know that many of us are experiencing cabin fever at this time, Lord, but help us to remain diligent and help us to make wise decisions as it relates to social distancing, Lord, not only for us, but for all of those that we might come in contact with as well. Thank you, Lord, for all that you do for us, all that you have done and all that you will continue to do for us.